Welcome to the We Bear Witness podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy the show. Welcome to the We Bear Witness podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening. Hope you've had a wonderful break. I know we have. Um, It's been a while since we've been uh, in the recording studio getting these things done. But right now, it's just me, Dylan Whitaker. We'll uh, rejoin in a couple weeks or so uh, when he's well-rested. He and his uh, lovely wife, Emily, welcome their first child, Mary Claire. And so we're excited about that and uh, hope that they're doing well. Hope he's getting sleep. Although i kind of been telling him for a while, as I'm a father of four, uh, that this is what was a part of the deal is that he would have some sleepless nights. So I do hope he's getting the full experience. Uh, He's been through boot camp-esque things before. This is nothing new for him. But right now, I want to share with you uh, something that I preached to our congregation on the weekend before Thanksgiving about thankfulness in our era, in our culture. And something that we feel is rather lost in the conversation is when we are Christ followers, when we believe and repent and follow Jesus, uh, we should be exhibiting more thankfulness than anyone else. Gratitude uh, is not only our disposition, it's supposed to flow from our joy Uh, that was given to us by the knowledge of what God has done. It was G.K. Chesterton that said, said, thanks are the highest form of thought, and gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. And when you hear that, you can't help but think, we are really missing out on so much when we fail to live gratefully. And so we're going to look at Philippians 2, uh, verses 1 through 3, uh, answering the question today on the podcast, how do I thankfulness or how do thankfulness and gratitude help us follow Christ's example of humility? We really can't be thankful unless we have humble hearts. Uh, There's no such thing as true thankfulness or true gratitude without recognizing that we are in need of something, our greatest need being salvation. Uh, So let's look at Paul's instruction to the church of Philippi here in Philippians 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Well, here's the implication of the previous verse that uh, Philippian believers have experienced uh, positive benefits, and Paul is wanting to hammer it in that you have a reason to be thankful. This sets up the point Paul makes in verse 2. Because they have experienced good things like encouragement, fellowship, and mercy, they were to complete Paul's joy in four ways that we see here in just those three verses. So it's just to begin with several things about the passage. These are how they were supposed to complete Paul's joy. Uh, in these four corresponding ways. First, they were to be of the same mind or united in their purposes and motivations. This is for the church, not begrudgingly unified, like when we are putting our kids to bed and they're throwing a fit, but in love. They were wanting to be together. They were wanting to be united in love. Paul mentions love uh, throughout this letter numerous times. And this has always been a primary hallmark of the Christian faith. We see that in John 13, 34 through 35. And so not only are they to be in the same mind, which, by the way, same mind in in our current cultural climate is not suggesting that we are walking around identical on every single solitary opinion that makes its way in the water cooler. We've come across this mentality, and it's rather popular, probably increasingly so in the younger generations, I imagine, younger generations who were not 
raised by wolves, by the way, but uh, parents who probably exemplified some of these emotions first, uh, too much sentimentality to remain convicted over something, uh, too worried about hurt feelings. Uh, but in today's world, it feels like if there's any disagreement whatsoever, no matter how uh, small the matter, there is hatred or vitriol. It has to follow either the reaction or the relationship, which is just inhuman. It just doesn't make any sense. It's it's probably not new because human nature is not new. But if we have any hope at all of having the same mind as Christ followers, we're going to have to start setting some tiers here, setting some limits on what's going to cause us utter panic and what we can actually live with. So they're called because of the thankfulness they have in Christ, because of the call in their lives to complete the joy of Paul uh, by being of the same mind, this message for the church to show anyone who's been affected by Christ is going to be different than the world. And you'll see how this all comes back down to our spirit of thankfulness and gratitude uh, that is really, I would I would suggest all of that is motivi- motivated by our love for Christ. And then when we love Christ, we're not only seeing how great God is, we're seeing our great need of God, which would result in our humility. So not only were they to be in the same of the same mind, they were to be in full accord. Now, what this means, this is a general reference to unity, apparently a problem for some in the church today. Uh, there were false teachers promoting Jewish laws, including circumcision as a requirement for believers. And in addition, at least some members were in disagreement with one another, Philippians 4.2. So Paul spoke in other places about the need to allow others to have differences of opinion. So what he's discussing here is a reference to more serious divisive problems. Again, not every single bit of uh, the conversation, the, the minutia that we allow to, to flare our tempers or cause us to speak ill of our brothers and sisters uh, should be met with the same weight as something more along the lines of full-blown heresy. And, and that's just a good lesson for anyone attempting a conversation in person or on social network. So not only of the same mind or in full accord, but they were to be of one mind, which is different than the same mind. This appears to be similar to the first trait. But however, the wording may simply be poetic or parallel to really reflect all of the traits in the, in the verses and the passage. This final concept of one mind would correspond to mean any affection and sympathy in verse one, revealing a connection between affection and unity. And so as you see, this is the spirit which Paul's writing. It's also what he's expecting of the church. Now, fourth, and the bulk of what we're talking about today is that those that were changed by Jesus Christ were to maintain this unity and their mission by being a people who did nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than themselves. Selfish ambition can be understood as motivation to elevate oneself or to put one's own interests before another's. It, it is this self above others approach. Uh, the world applauds this, by the way. Uh, you're, you're seen as someone with low self-esteem if you're not putting your own needs before the other, other people. You do you. Treat yourself. Uh, the opposite of being selfish and vain uh, is to, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. It just doesn't get more plain than this, not to mention, much like the second greatest commandment, this is an impossible task. This is something that we really struggle with day in and day out is to care about the feelings or the the lifestyles or or the care of others more than looking after ourselves. I had a pastor once use this example about when you were, if you take a photo and the first thing you do when you look in the photo is see how you look. You're not looking around seeing how your friends look to make sure you post it. As long as you look good, your friends could look like trash. That thing's going online. So we must learn 
And we do this through the Holy Spirit to be others focused, not self-focused. And if we're putting others first, what happens? Well, we won't be conceited or proud or overly ambitious. It's hard to be self-important when we're considering others as more important. Now, without humility, nothing else mentioned is achievable. And without gratitude, we will never truly be a humble people. So how do thankfulness and gratitude help us follow Christ's example of humility? That's the question today. Gratitude should fill the Christian's life, especially with Thanksgiving on the horizon or rather in our rear view. So why am I so prone to ingratitude? Why are you so prone to ingratitude? Why, why do we feel selfish at times? I will never forget watching a home video come Christmas time, which seems rather appropriate right now. Um, and I'm in these like, I don't know, it's like blue flannel pajamas. It's not important, but that's just what keeps kept screaming back to me when I think about it. And I'm, I mean, the whole house is just on the floor is littered with presents, stuff I didn't need. Just, I mean, my parents were, were good to us around the holidays, really giving. And uh, me and my brother, it was just us. And so there wasn't a lot of kids to buy for. And we just had everything, I mean, a huffy bike, a blue huffy bike with red letters in the back. And it gets to the stocking. I think we saved the stocking for last. And I remember uh, taking the stocking and realizing that my brother had received a $100 bill. And I'm shaking my stocking on this home video with all of these toys around. And I didn't receive a $100 bill. So I'm shaking it in front of my parents. And I promise you, I wanted to reach into the home video and strangle that 10-year-old. I don't know how my parents didn't just annihilate me in that moment or start over Noah's Ark, that sucker. Uh, I, I would have, I just really hope that none of my kids try to pull that um, because, I mean, I'm going to build just this, this cellar uh, if they do. <laughs> but uh, the bottom line is genuine gratitude uh, seems elusive, really, right? I mean, think about it. You can comment. Uh, if you think I'm wrong, um, it seems like genuine gratitude, not forced virtue signaling nonsense or fake empathy, but genuine gratitude almost feels threatened in the cultural zeitgeist of conversation these days. And I think there are three big reasons why gratitude can seem so hard to find. So follow me here. Three big reasons uh, why this gratitude, this thankfulness can be hard to find and something that should encourage the church and everyone listening. Number one, gratitude requires making more of the good we have than the good we don't. Uh, if you're like me, you can tend to dwell on what you'd like to have. I'm, I own my own house. That was something that I've always wanted. I'd like to have some flash at times. I'd like to uh, go to some theme parks at times, uh, maybe a book deal. That'd be pretty cool. There, everyone, I think, is susceptible at one point or another to the grass is greener mentality, no matter how successful you are. Isn't this part of sort of Gordon Gecko out of Wall Street? There's always more. Greed is good. Uh, and we laugh at that, but it's something that a lot of us have inherited in our own hearts, maybe even subtly without us knowing it. But gratitude requires moving my eyes from the things I don't have to the things I do have. It means saying there is good, real good in my life because I have Jesus Christ, whether it be in this job or this home, I have to say in one sense, this is plenty for me to praise him. Not, not to mention if we're Christians, we have plenty to praise him for because of Jesus. Like we have plenty to praise him for for the mere fact that he intervened and he, he changed our route. Hell wasn't, wasn't the surprise destination. We were born for that under the sin nature of Adam and Jesus interrupted it. So, I mean, the gospel alone is enough to find thankfulness in, but our day to day, there's a practice that we have to be making more of the good we have than the good we don't. Like T.I. said in that song he did with Rihanna, live your life. You got to be what was it? It was um, everyone's thankful for what they don't got. You got to be thankful for what you do get. 
I don't know. He said it far more poetically, much more inspiring, that T.I. So as long as we're consumed with blessings we haven't received, uh, we'll never possess the blessing of thankfulness. And I don't mean that in a sense of finality. I just mean we won't live that life. We won't live a thankful, humble life under the power of the Holy Spirit uh, if we're not looking like it. So number two, our society cultivates ingratitude. As if we couldn't be ungrateful enough on our own, ingratitude may be the yeast that makes American culture rise. Uh, I always use this example of HGTV, and I can't stand watching that show, those shows anymore, because number one, it's rather re- unrealistic. You have this couple where the guy's like, I don't know, he he's probably like a trauma counselor or something, and uh, the wife uh, bakes cakes or something. And uh, they have a combined budget of like $950,000. So it's just unrealistic from the get-go. And you watch it and you see all the fancy stuff and all the brand new appliances and just everything looks perfect. And you want that in in your flesh. You're just sitting there going, that looks so good. And when you have four kids, the only thing you can think about is how clean the house is. So you immediately just start practicing idolatry on these shows. And I'm not, if you can watch those shows and not practice idolatry, maybe it's just my corrupt heart. The point is, Everywhere you look, political radio, doesn't matter. The party says we cannot rest until this agenda is met and those people are thrown out of Washington. If only is the prayer behind ingratitude. If only I had this. If only this was going well for me. If only this was was better in my life, then I really could praise the Lord. And I just, it shortchanges. Well, it, it nothing can shortchange the gospel, but it certainly reveals in us how little we think or care about the gospel when we're so dissatisfied and discontent with the things that God has given us. Number three, ingratitude elevates desire for a creature over to desire for the creator. We see this language in Romans 1 where we desire food, shelter, friendship, health, happiness. These appetites may lead us into sin. They're not bad on their own, but God made us with them and they're good at their root. However, God also gave us an appetite so unique. It has its own category, the desire to see and savor his infinite eternal presence, which should trump everything else. And so we can turn idols out of anything. It was John Calvin that says we were idol factories. doesn't matter what it is. Idols can be turned into out of good things. It really doesn't matter. It's our nature. Ecclesiastes describes it as God putting eternity into man's heart. And so we are born with this wanting more. I had a testimony of an 80-year-old man who was an elder at our church. I think he still is. He's just rolled off now. But uh, his name's Steve. And he said one of the most frightening places he ever was in his life was around 58, 59 years old. He had been professing Christ, but he hadn't truly been living for Christ. And he achieved everything he ever wanted to achieve and still felt like there was an emptiness. And he said, it's frightening to do that. It's frightening to be successful if you're not successful in the eyes of the Lord. And so we all hunger for God. We're all built that way. It's just many of us don't know what it's called. And they don't, we don't know what we're hungering for, but we've been given for lack of a better phrase, that God-shaped hole, and it can only be filled by Christ Jesus. So somewhere in our hearts, maybe on a level we're not even consciously aware of, we convince ourselves just whatever created thing we lack, health, popularity, pleasure, all of that. If we just chase it, if our TikTok accounts gets enough likes, will satisfy us if we can just get a little more of it. And it's never going to be enough. The only thing that can truly satisfy us is our relationship with Christ Jesus. It can leave us walking satisfied. It can leave us uh, in grief, uh, mourning with joy, rather than a world like that around us that has no hope. We are different because of Christ, and it should come out not in a sense of ingratitude, but in an overwhelming sense of gratitude, starting with the gospel and everything else being a very blatant blessing in our life uh, as people who don't deserve these things. So with these three reasons for ingratitude in mind, here are some thoughts about how to cultivate gratitude 
throughout this holiday season. Number one, raise your ingratitude sensing antenna. Start understanding and seeing those areas in your life and specifically praying and fasting over those areas in your life where you're not giving it to the Lord, where you're spending way too much time fantasizing about the bigger house and the bigger bank account. And I wish my guy would have won the in office. Now, we don't have that problem in Florida because uh, DeSantis, but being aware of ingratitude messages will help you deal with the root problem and at least remind you about the spiritual disciplines in place to fight those when they occur. And we need to fight. If you're not fighting daily, um, what does your run in Christ look like? What does your marathon in Christ look like? So number two, supplant ingratitude with thanksgiving, which means replace this feeling, this overwhelming attack of lacking that gratitude uh, with a spirit of thankfulness simply because of who Jesus is. So, so once we catch the messages of ingratitude, once we realize it and our antenna goes up, we can understand, we can answer those with thoughts of prayer and thanks. And you will see that change your mentality. And I'm speaking as a pessimist cynic that when you do this, when you put this into practice, uh, it's an amazing thing. Robbie Gulati said that when he took 15, 20 minutes a day just to be in the be with the Lord in silence, which by the way, is something we probably all really have trouble doing these days, even white noise going to sleep. It just seems like there's always something in our ears and in our heads, which isn't always healthy. But there is a sense and of gratitude and thankfulness when we go to the Lord and we think about him long enough. You truly love the Lord, you're going to think upon him and think upon the things of heaven, and that is going to result in a different you in a lot of ways. And you're going to see some of those some of those areas come to life. 2011 Honda Odyssey is what I'm driving. It ain't that mega dope, but it's paid for, and it's given us 150,000 miles of reliable service. And so sometimes when I'm driving downtown and there's all these buildings, all these windows, do I sit there and like how I look in it? No. Is there like a Kanicki vibe I'm giving off? Absolutely not. I look like the most whipped dad bod in the world, and the Honda Odyssey just makes it worse. Uh, it, but, but what happens? I continue to drive it. I, I don't care. It, 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 I can't be something I care about with so many things that I have to do. So, so I'm not saying you, you can't have a nice car. I'm saying, are you content with what you have? If you don't have a nice car out of the heart, the mouth speaks and you're going to find your actions and your behavior follow up. So as Christians, we know that our satisfaction can only be found in God because that's how it was created to be. Number three, and finally cultivate contentment in Jesus and in Jesus alone. So don't just raise those ingratitude sensing antennas or supplant ingratitude with thanksgiving, but cultivate contentment in Christ. This is the pursuit of every Christ follower down to the nitty gritty. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. We've heard that worn out phrase, but it's still true. Cultivate contentment in him through spiritual disciplines. It leads to that type of reflection and gratitude, which will bring forth humility in your life, which resembles the Christ of the Bible to the wanting, unbelieving world. Then comes the truth we know in our hearts and heads to build the kingdom of God, share his message on mission, and praise his name with those new believers who are now content in Christ Jesus. Let it catch like wildfire our thankfulness and let the people see it above everything else. Phillips Brooks made an uh, apt comment when he said, the true way to be humble is not to stoop until you are smaller than yourself, but to stand at your real height against some higher nature that will show you what the real smallness of your greatness is. When we understand the incredible sacrifice, grace, and mercy of God on our behalf, we realize that we have no use for pride. I want pride to seem useless to our listeners. When we recognize God's abundant grace, provision, and love, we understand that we have no need for selfishness. We need not focus solely on our own interests because we rest in Christ and in Christ alone. Not just sing it anymore, but live it out with thankfulness and gratitude, not just because it's Thanksgiving. Who cares? 
this is something you're supposed to wake up thinking about. You don't think about just the, the Easter resurrection. You think about the resurrection every day you're awake and saved and staying that way. Have you been adopted into eternal family or not? And, and we can learn to love that family as the Father loves us. And we can learn to love others more than we love ourselves, not by our own works, but by the Spirit of God working in us and being nourished by spiritual disciplines. I love Thanksgiving dinner. I'd love to hear what you had for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, I had a great Thanksgiving dinner, even though I had to attend with uh, like two sick kids and we had to eat outside. But I'll tell you, there was two things that I want to talk about real quick about Thanksgiving dinner. One, I just love casseroles and I feel like we need to do a whole episode devoted to them, specifically corn casserole, which I don't feel has gotten enough play, at least in the polls that I put out into the universe. I also kept saying stuffing this past week and what I really meant to say was dressing and gravy is necessary for both dressing and turkey, which is a non-negotiable. And cranberry sauce is give or take. It's necessary as a spread on the leftover Thanksgiving sandwich, but you do not have to have it as part of the meal. And it certainly doesn't need to be in that can shape. If you have any comments at all, send them to Dylan. He'll be too tired to read them. But, but the bottom line is when it comes to Thanksgiving, when it comes to being around that dinner table, there was a chance we weren't going to make it. And I was really seeing some things about myself that I did not like. Uh, we've been sick with down with the kids for 12, uh, 12 days, which is a really long time when you're stuck in a house with four kids. I'm sure I'm telling people who understand that. But the bottom line is I was really looking forward to Thanksgiving. I was hoping everyone was going to get better. And on the day of Thanksgiving, my youngest daughter, Zoe, wakes up with a low-grade fever, but a fever nonetheless. And we asked the family, what, you, what would you like us to do? They were having it outside. So we showed up, made sure we kept our distance, but we we're still able to eat with everybody. But the whole point is there was some fussing and complaining on my part that day. I was talking to my wife, Amy Jo, and I'm sitting there going, you know, I find my rest in spiritual disciplines, but do, am I rejuvenated by my walk with Christ or am I really leaning on all these comforts like food and time away and vegging out and relaxation and pulling out the Super Nintendo with my brother so we can play King Griffey, Tecmo Super Bowl and NBA Jam to see who's better. All of these things which are fine in and of themselves, am I holding them too closely to get me through the day? Or am I clinging to my Savior, Jesus Christ? Am I so thankful, no matter big or small, for the waves that crash me, crash me into the rock of ages? That's where I want our mentality to be. And it can only happen. It can only happen because of the thankfulness and gratitude given us by the Holy Spirit. And we will see that in humble people. We will not see it in people of pride. I'm thankful for you. I hope that you love the Lord and I hope you are serving him well. I look forward to being back with you with new episodes uh, starting in a couple weeks. Thank God for you. Uh, tell your friends, subscribe, like, We Bear Witness podcast. You can find us anywhere. God bless. Have a great day.